Somewhere along the way, I got a camera in my hand and started taking pictures just as a hobby. And I reached out to some of the editors that I had been freelancing for. The one that I had been most closely working with said, you like to take pictures, right? I said, yes. And he asked me to come in with a portfolio of which I did not have. Uh And I came in with a Facebook album of photos that I had taken on a cross country road trip that summer. And a week later he said, okay, I'm gonna give you a shot. There was somebody that has 30 years of experience over you, by the way, just so you know. And yeah, the rest is history. Welcome to another episode of Get Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray, founder of the Brown Network and the Wealthy Women's Summit. Joining me today is Bernadette Marciniak. Bernadette, I've known you for four years? Five years. When did we? 2000? Four. four years. It was January 2019 that we met. That's right. That's right. Now, let me brag about you for a second before we get carried away. Bernadette Marciniak is a brand, videographer, photographer, and founder of Soul House Media, a boutique all-female video and photo agency combining her background in photojournalism and videography. She is an amplifier for small businesses and entrepreneurs who want to maximize their impact through powerful visuals. Bernadette is based in Los Angeles, the New York tri-state area. She also knows Polish fluently. She's a great wine date and has great taste in pizza. Welcome, Bernadette. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, before we dive into uh, your fabulous topic, which is three ways to maximize your impact and brand with video and photography. And if you aren't using any of those with your brand, I don't know what you're doing with your life. If I were to ask 11-year-old Bernadette what she wanted to be when she grew up, would she have said a videographer photographer who works with small businesses and female-founded brands? No, she would not have. She would have said she wanted to be an astronaut. Now, before you get all excited, there's a small chance that this dream was inspired by having just seen Apollo 13 and started crushing on Tom Hanks back in like, what was that, 1990? five, six, something, something of the sort. So my aspirations may have been a little bit misguided. However, I have always kind of taken that with me in terms of like, if I had really wanted to be an astronaut, I could have been an astronaut. So world's my oyster. Possibilities are endless. All you have to do is apply yourself. Absolutely. You actually are the perfect height for a, for a astronaut. They need short and, really? and tall men. Yeah. So fun fact, when I worked at space camp, I had to watch Apollo 13 every week for 20 weeks straight. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty much describing my first summer in Poland, which, where I watched that movie, I think, every day for the entire two months that I was there. Yeah. So, Yeah. So that was the one thing approved by our camp counselors that we could show the campers. I know that movie well. It I, I always get teared up. I'm not going to lie. Are they going to make it? <laughs> you. <laughs> Such well, a good I, movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm going to have to do a rewatch. Yeah, it, it really does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks is just Tom Hanks, and he's just really good at it. Classic, and, timeless. I feel like yeah. he can do no wrong, although I'm sure I could stand to be corrected. Yeah, right? 
Well, I love that. That's not at all what I was expecting. Uh, a lot of my guests say, a dancer, a singer. <laughs> and I've only had one guest who, who is a doctor who said when they were little said, I want to be a doctor. <laughs> so one in Hey, like, listen, that's impressive though. You, you saw that dream through. Love that. Right. I love yeah. that. So before we dive into your topic, tell me about your journey. So you had to leave astronaut training behind. And you go to college and study photojournalism. Tell me about that. What brought you to LA to really pursue working with entrepreneurs to help build their brand with video and photography? So I actually didn't go to school to study photojournalism. I know. Go ahead. Clutch your pearls. I went to school to study English. And I had every intention of going into academia or becoming a writer and about halfway through, I, I joined the literary magazine on campus, and there was this kind of unspoken fight between the literary magazine and the school newspaper. And we, like, we would just tear apart at the newspaper, oh my gosh, so many typos, this is wrong grammatically, you know, who do they think they are? And the joke was on me because I became editor-in-chief of that literary magazine. And during summer orientation one year, I, has, I, I was placed right next to the college paper. And so I let them know in no uncertain terms how I felt about them. And they were like, well, if you don't like something, why don't you come join our staff and do something about it? So I was like, okay, sure, I'm going to show them. And I joined the paper. And after two weeks, I was like, I'm just, this is so below me. I'm not, I'm not going to stay here. We're just going to move along. And the day that I came in to quit, the editor in chief, who ended up being one of my best friends, had gotten me a name plaque that said Bernadette Marciniak, assistant copy editor. And I was like, well, I can't leave now. Are we allowed to curse on here? Because I, I, I use some, okay. I was like, well, shit, I can't leave now. <laughs> And thus began my journey into journalism, where I, I was the arts editor, and then I, I took that with me after graduating college, and I pursued a career in journalism. Mind you, it was 2008, so really prime time to be doing that, right? Right. So I had to do other things in the meantime. I was an editorial assistant. I actually had a stint at a public relations firm. All of those experiences boiled down to one thing, and that was that I knew how to tell stories. I learned how to tell stories about people specifically and brands with the PR firm on a, on a daily basis. That was what I was doing. And then somewhere along the way, I got a camera in my hand and started taking pictures just as a hobby. And when that PR firm folded, I, I reached out to some of the editors that I had been freelancing for. And the, the one that I had been most closely working with said, well, I don't have anything for a reporter right now, but you like to take pictures, right? And I said, yes. And he asked me to come in with a portfolio of which I did not have. Uh -huh. And um, I came in with a Facebook album of photos that I had taken on a cross-country road trip that summer because that's all I had to show for community and whatnot. And a week later, he said, okay, I'm going to give you a shot. There was somebody that has 30 years of experience over you, by the way, just so you know. 
And yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> wow. So do you remember who gave you that first camera? Was it and or did you pick it up or was it a gift or well, so to be fair, that was the first camera that I had purchased for myself. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to give credit where credit is due, it's going to be my dad who actually gave me my first camera. There is actually a picture on my new website of me holding a Polaroid where I'm half naked. And it's a Polaroid camera. It's about the size of my head. And and so I've been taking pictures since I was four. Aww. And I was actually, yeah. Well, it sounds cute. However... It turned into me being designated as the unofficial family photographer. So instead of like going and enjoying vacations, my dad was like, did you get a picture of this? Did you get that? Yeah. How about this? And if I left the house without the camera, why didn't you bring your camera? Where's your camera? So it's kind of been drilled into me since, since I was a kid. I kind of walked away from it for a little bit because, you yeah. know needed some space but years later camera ended up back in my hands and and that's how we got yeah. to where we are today. I I love that. I know we have a mutual friend Kathy who always says when she's invited to a party and people say, "Oh, just bring your camera and take a few photos." She has to come back and say, "Well, then I'm not a guest. I'm now working yeah. the party." Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, so you people really need to make remember that, you know, it's not just like this like my phone. Oh, I'll just snap a few photos. Like if I have my camera, this is my tool that I work with. And now I'm working. Yeah. It's a big yeah. difference. Okay. College, graduated, got your camera. You're working for this independent media guy or whatever. And no, it was actually, it was a, it was a big media organization in North Jersey, okay, North cool. Jersey media, the Bergen record. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you're there. And then mm -hmm. what gives you the bug to move to LA? The bug was the guy that I started dating, <laughs> who was actually also a photographer. We had been friends for eight years, I think, before we started dating. The numbers start to get fuzzy after a while. In any case, yeah. he got an opportunity only a year and a half after we started officially dating to actually it was a year. He told me on our one year anniversary while we were in Denver, hey, there's this opportunity that that might be out there for me to move to L.A., I won't take it. And I was like, well, why not? Like, you're telling me that we can move to sunshine and palm trees and beaches. Like, let's go. I'm packing my bags yesterday. So that's how we ended up here. Gotcha. I love that. Now, that's right around the time when I met you, yes. January 2019 and everything. Now you've been here five years five years um, just years celebrated five, five years anniversary. and then we have a lot of photographers creatives that listen to this podcast I want to know when you were starting out what is something you wish somebody had told you about starting a photography brand business in Los Angeles right out of the gate not knowing anybody what's something you would give them advice about yeah. So, I mean, by the time we moved to LA, I had already kind of dabbled in having my own photography business because while I was doing photojournalism, I was also doing wedding photography in oh. New Jersey. So okay. I had been I, I had been dabbling a little bit. And th the goal was when I moved to LA was that I was going to continue to do that. But I remember that those last six months before we moved, when I knew that I would be likely going full-time with my 
business. And, and that's what I wanted. I, I had been looking for a way out of having a, a regular nine to five for forever. But I do remember listening to a podcast that kind of changed it all for me. It's Ben Hartley. I think the name of the podcast is still Six Figure Photography. And it was all about mindset. So I had been really focused on the tech side, the skill side, the, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. But there was a huge shift when I started listening to his podcast about mindset and also the mindset of being a business owner and investing in yourself. And I feel like that is definitely one of the most important things that that like got me over that threshold from this is a fun little side hustle that I'm trying to make a thing to know this is my thing. Yeah. Was Now, when you were first like, okay, I'm, I'm putting everything in this, in the Bernadette basket. I'm doing this. I got the motivation. I got the equipment. I got the mindset. What was that first like week of like, oh, I'm, I'm my boss. <laughs> it's oh me. my gosh. That was wild because I, I became my own boss literally, you know, the, the day that we moved here. Well, it was two weeks before we moved here, but that was all just moving and whatnot. So I remember when we, when we got here and that first Monday that we were here, we didn't even have any of our furniture mm-hmm. in our apartment yet. So I'm sitting in this empty apartment um, on the floor with my laptop and I'm like, I know this is technically working, but it doesn't feel like I'm working. And the fact that there's nothing in this apartment doesn't help me feel like I'm a business owner or a professional yet. Um, So yeah, that was a, that was a wild experience. And I remember just like having this, this block in my brain of, I don't under I, I I know that I'm working, but I it doesn't feel like it. And my boyfriend, who had been uh, full time in photography himself for a few years at that point, he's like, "No, you're you're working. This is this is your work now." Yeah, that's so exciting. I know for me, the first time I was just like, "Oh, okay, it's, it's just me. Let's let's get to work." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Is nobody watching over me? Is nobody yeah. going to give me an A plus? Like, who's?" Who's going to reward me? Not that I was getting a whole lot of reward at my nine to five, but you know what I mean? Like, I was like, who's telling me if I'm doing this right or wrong? Yeah, I know. Right. And who's like, who am I like checking in with or following up with? Like, oh, it's just me. Good job, me. Good job. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. And then, so in that journey, you know, you started developing relationships with other photographers and joining communities like Bra and connecting with other photographers. And in that, you know, you probably worked with a couple coaches, developing your brand and your business and everything, but you also found that there was this gap and it kind of is what kind of brought you to video. Is that that true to say? Is that kind of how that journey happened? I think that's a part of it. So I had already also been doing video for a while before we moved to LA because that newspaper that I had been working for had gotten acquired by the USA Today Network. And I was told that I needed to learn video, otherwise I'd be on the chopping block. And I was like, yeah, okay, never. Yeah. Whatever you say. I picked it up. I learned it. 
I got fired a few months later anyway, because say la vie, right? And I still went on to get a job actually at the newspaper that I had dreamed of working as a kid before I had the astronaut dreams, actually. Ah. It's actually the newspaper that Tony Soprano picks up at the end of his driveway for any Sopranos fans. Okay. Uh, And I got hired as a social media video journalist there, uh, which was... you know, that's that sounds like a very niche title still today. Think about five years ago or six years yeah. ago now. And so I saw the value of having this skill. And when I when we moved here, I kept it very under wraps. But when I was connecting and networking with people, I found that it was kind of this like secret unicorn thing that I could offer because a lot of people were not offering video yet. So I would just kind of like, oh, hey, by the way, if you also want me to take some video at this shoot that you're going to be at or something like that. So I didn't market it, but I would let people know just in conversation. And that's how I got started with video here in L.A., And then it wasn't until last summer, so four years later, that I started actively marketing it because I did see that there was a gap combined with the fact that Instagram was, you know, talking about going video first. Everything was shifting to video, video, video. I think it's kind of balanced out now, but I definitely hopped on the opportunity of like, okay, I know how to do this and I know how to do it well at this point. So now's my time to get in there and stop hiding it. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's a perfect segue into our topic, uh, which is titled Three Ways to Maximize Your Impact and Brand with Video and Photography. And I'm dying to know what are the three ways, but also you sharing your expertise and honing that. So please tell us, what are the three ways? Yeah. So I feel like as small business owners, there's there's so much that we're doing in our businesses that only lives for the audience that we're putting it out in front of at that given moment. And let, let's like let's forget about the 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 idea of social content, right? Because you know, that's that's its own thing. But like speaking engagements, after you're done with your speaking engagement, who does it go? on to live for aside from those 20, 50, 100 people in the room. And so when I talk about maximizing your impact, I'm talking about considering every single thing that you're already doing in your business that stops with, you know, whatever space you have originally intended it for. So in terms of speaking engagements, one is my, my first tip is going to be make sure that when you are going in and speaking in front of workshops, retreats, events, bring a videographer and a photographer with you. And I say bring your own because even though a an organization or an event might have their own videographer, as somebody who has worked both sides of, of this scenario, I can tell you, you might, first of all, be waiting a couple of months to get your speech back. They oh, will, yeah. right. 
They will not. And you know, that like, that's not necessarily like a fault of whoever's doing the video. But like, if you have an event with 20 speakers, you know, they're not going to be delivering all of those videos drip by drip by drip, you know, to the event organizer, everything's going to come at once. And so that's why it's, you yeah. know, it, it might take a little bit longer. But second of all, you know, if you have somebody that you work with on a regular basis, to come and capture you at your speaking engagements, then they already know your brand. They most likely have heard some version of your keynote of your speech. So they know also when to look for audience interactions, you know, like those mic drop moments where you you, you know that people's minds are going to be blown in the audience. You want your, your videographer capturing that too. And so it's about, first of all, commanding your brand in that case, you you have your, you're taking care of your business, your brand when you bring somebody else with you and you can redistribute it in a timely manner. So that's one. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two is actually distributing that, that footage. So taking an hour long speech and chopping it up into eight, 10 mic drop moments, that's eight to 10 pieces of content that you can push out as video content on, on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, wherever your audience is, wherever you want to build an audience and wherever you want to appear as a credible expert. Also put links in your email newsletter for, you know, the videos. This I do this every week in my newsletter. I share a blog post or a, a link to a YouTube video or something like that. So even if you can't put the like actual videos into an email newsletter, that doesn't mean they can't get shared there. The email newsletter is still Absolutely. just a vehicle where you can Absolutely. be sharing it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's number two. And then three... We can't forget about photography and all of this. I feel like I said, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the last year or so about being very video forward. Uh, I do think it's balancing out now because we can't just rely on videos because especially if you're going to be creating a media kit for yourself as a small business owner to mm -hmm. land more speaking engagements, to land more podcast opportunities, you can have links to all of that, but you can't really gr get a great still, a good still frame from a video. So make sure yeah. that you have photos of it as well that you can, you know, use to brand your content as thumbnails, as, you know, images in a press kit, even as standalone social posts. They're, photography, like I said, it's, it, it, it's balanced back out. So we need a good combination of photo and video on our social media platforms. And your email newsletters, dress Love them that. up with images. Yeah, I think it, what happens is, I know for me, like this video will have a cover photo of us. It won't just be us frozen. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's absolutely important. I completely agree. Now, if you someone... Know, so there's like, I, I just think of the fact that, you know, a lot of us have kind of like a resting bitch face when we're watching speakers. And sometimes when we're speaking, we're so 
focused and zoned in on on what we're saying that that it's very hard to pull a smile from from the video so that's why I say get a photo too even if it's staged like one one or two minutes before or after your speech make sure you get one of those too so smart so so smart now I have a lot of creatives I said listen to this podcast including photographers and if a photographer is now listening to this going, I got to do that. I got to do video. What? How, what do you recommend for them? What support do you provide for photographers who I'm, I'm asking you now to reverse yourself? You were mm-hmm. the person who's shooting the video, but now you're the person who can't do you support photographers who are like thinking, OK, I need to start doing this. Not only do I support photographers, but I very much encourage them to to learn and incorporate video into their businesses because, you know, it's tough out there sometimes. And I have found video to be a very great fallback when photography is just kind of slow and, and, and whatnot. People still want video. And then your photos will come back and video will slow down. So you have two revenue streams. So I find it to be a very, very important thing in owning a, a photography business to at least have a basic knowledge of video and how to provide it for your clients. So I actually do have a program for photographers called Pix to Flicks. It's an eight-week program where I teach you how to shoot video, how to edit video. That's probably the part of video that scares the most people uh, because it is a lot more involved. And then specifically how to package it and offer it to your audience to your clients. This is a very customized and personal portion of the program. There's no cookie cutter formula. I get on one-on-one calls with all my students and I take a look at their their current format, their current offerings and, and packages. And we talk about how we can insert video into all of them. I think that's so important. And if anyone is listening to this and like, hey, that's exactly what I'm looking for. How can they find Picks to Flicks? So you can visit my website, soulhousemedia.com. And I'm sure Carrie is going to have the spelling in, in the show notes. And, and there is a, a link to it over there. Gotcha. So you work with entrepreneurs and photographers. You have two sets of clients yes. that you work with. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So tell me, before we get carried away, if a photographer is listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm ready to like make the jump to video. Do they need to have the be all end all grandio package of lighting and, you know, two cameras and tripods and C stands and like, what, what's like the basic things you need? to get this leg of someone's business to get going. Yeah. So the way I teach it is, first of all, I don't like carrying a whole bunch of stuff. So my kit itself is pretty low maintenance. I just bought my first pair of lights last year after doing video now for six years. Mm -hmm. So I make it a point to not make the idea of videography an overwhelming investment in in addition to an overwhelming, you know, learning a new skill. I think the most basic things that you would need, first of all, you probably already have uh, a lot of them in your kit if you're a photographer, like a tripod. 
probably already have one. Most photographers I know have two cameras as a backup. So you'd already be set with a two camera setup. But also, I don't necessarily think you need one to start. The one thing that I would say you would need to invest in is a microphone so that you can get good audio while you're recording video with your clients. The rest of the stuff you can slowly bring into your kit. I was also renting for the longest time and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of great services where you can rent gear for a few days. It's super cheap and then you get to see what you like and what you really need. Ah, you get to play before you pay. Indeed, exactly. Love that. Well, now that you have launched this new brand, Soul House Media, first, congratulations. Thank you. Um, this leg of it that helps photographers build in videographers. But if, as a business owner and an entrepreneur, when I go to your website, you know, what am I going to find that's different than Ber- uh, Bernadette Marcini at Photography? What's new about Soul House Media? Mm, yeah. So... First of all, if if you haven't been to my website, I think I I might be biased, but I think it's very it's pleasing beautiful. to the eyes. Yeah. So yeah. just you did a great job. Just go for the visual experience. Yeah. It's just um, pretty. It's just pretty. And I, Carrie and I have talked about the fact that we like pretty things and we like to look at pretty things. And that was definitely the driving force behind creating it. it was like I just wanted to look really pretty. Yeah. So the main difference, the differences are the fact that there's a lot more video on there now. Bernadette Marciniak photography, even after I started offering video last year, I had just sprinkled a little bit onto onto my website. This is a fully photo video experience now. That doesn't mean that you have to book both when you book with me, but there there's definitely more of a presence uh, of it in all of my marketing and, and everything. And my new offer for entrepreneurs, actually I have two new offers. So one is events and retreats. And I have a team that does photography and videography for events and retreats. And so like I was saying, you know, I've been on both sides of being, you know, the the videographer for one person versus the videographer for events. And you can get the the whole slate from entire speaker presentations to B-roll, testimonials, everything captured video-wise and photography. And then the other offer is a new program that I'm launching called Soul Circle. And this is to serve the entrepreneurs who prioritize fun, family, and life in their calendars. So if you want to just get out of the analysis paralysis of like, oh gosh, what visual content am I going to post? I don't have anything. Oh, I'll put it off until later. And then later comes and inevitably it still doesn't exist because you didn't book that shoot. Soul Circle is an annual membership where um, entrepreneurs have a a number of credits that they can use throughout the year to either get one hour of, you know, a speaking engagement or a bigger brand shoot that would have, you know, all the content that you would need for like a launch or a website refresh or something like that. Mm, I love that. That's so it's almost like you would be their part of their uh, founders team. Like this is yeah. my video and photography team. This is my media team for my business. That's kind of nice as opposed to having to hire in-house and have employees. Instead, they could just hire out and just hire you. 
plug and play with the marketing team. That's what we do. I love that. Well, congratulations on the launch. I'm very excited for you. I know I've seen your journey since you moved here. So it's very exciting for me to see this next iteration of what you are doing. And I have no doubt it's going to be amazing. Thank you. That means the world coming from you, Carrie. Oh, thank you. Well, I've worked with you multiple times. And if I didn't like you and like your work, I would stop working with you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Straightforward. Well, thank you so much. Now let's get carried away before we say goodbye. First, I want to know what's something you're absolutely obsessed with. What do you get carried away about? Is it puppies? Is it babies and strollers? Is it bears eating honey? And, you know, I have a lot of bear content on my Instagram feed right now. I don't know why. Really? Is it because of those bears in China that like people were thinking were humans? I don't know. I just know. There goes the siren. We're in LA. I just know that once my sister-in-law moved to Canada, I just started getting bear content. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It's so so cute. But anyways, what's something you obsess about? What's tell me something that you get carried away about? I mean, puppies are great, but we're a cat family over here. So you will definitely find a saved folder of cat videos in my Instagram saved folders. (laughs) You ever feel involved? Just open that folder. Exactly. Exactly. We have two, actually, a Maine Coon named Grayson and a Tabby named Jet. They're the oddest couple. They are not cut from the same cloth and definitely Mm. don't act like brothers, but they are a lot of fun for us. (laughs) Two, I love me a good glass of red wine. And I know you know this. We have, we have shared (laughs) glasses of wine in the past and my favorite are the hearty reds. I'm very into Italian reds right now. Might Mm. have something to do with my upcoming trip to Italy. Um, Yeah. Full body. Full (laughs) body. Like me. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to teach your audience a new word today with my third thing I get carried away about. Okay. I am a pluviophile. 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 Okay. What the hell is that? That is somebody who loves the rain. Oh, okay. So I know I live in LA and I know that everybody is always happy here when the sun is shining, which is like all the time. And that's why everybody lives here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I get such a sense of peace and like, I know I like feel a, a difference in my nervous system when it starts to rain, when it's overcast. I really miss those East coast thunderstorms from when I lived in New Jersey so yeah, are pluviophile. You, uh, are you a water sign? No, I am not. I actually don't even know that I have any water signs in my chart, or at least not in the first, in any of the main ones. No, you're a Virgo, right? You're I'm a Virgo. I'm a I'm a Virgo sun and rising. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no wonder you get so much <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of Virgo. It's a lot of Virgo. I have a newfound respect for Rob. <laughs> He's also a Virgo. Oh my God. 
<laughs> our birthdays are 10, no, not even 10 days, seven days, a week apart. Yeah. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I did not know that. You guys must be the most organized people to travel with. Like you guys probably have I just know it. <laughs> we both have our own ways of being organized. So like, okay. I'm definitely nice a planner. I I like, I need to, I want to plan where we're going, where we're having dinner or what, at least what the options are. He's very good about like the logistics of the travel, like the flights and the train rides and transportation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good balance. It's great. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So now we have to do the opposite. Tell me something, two or three things you can't freaking stand that people get so obsessed with and get carried away about. I'll give you an example. I hate camping. I don't understand how anybody would be like, let me go sleep out of the dirt with bugs and bears. That sounds fun. And let me bring all my shit with me. (laughs) You know, when I was on that cross country road trip, most of it was camping. And when I was in my mid twenties, I, I think that was like the last time I really was okay with camping. Cause when I think about doing it now, like I do it, but it doesn't bring me the same enjoyment. I'm, I'm, I'm more about the glamping. Yes. You're not camping in Italy. Then is what you're saying. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that is definitely not happening. I'm looking for the fanciest Airbnbs on the, Love on the sea of it. Italian coast. Love it. Yes. So what's something you can't stand? Okay. The first thing that came to mind is grammar policing. I think it's just mm-hmm. so freaking lame. And I see it like, if anybody scrolls TikTok a lot, I see a lot of creators actually like replying to comments being grammar police. And I have to imagine that it's literally just to get engagement juice because it's just the, 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 the lamest argument that you can make. And this is coming from an English major who was the copy editor of her paper. Like I love good grammar, but I just don't think you're, you're getting that, you know, jab, jab, punch from being part of the grammar police. Yeah. I definitely don't like that either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second pineapple on pizza. I know that this is going to really just like split the audience in half right now. So I'm glad we're doing this at the end of the show because I'm sure people are going to be tuning out. I didn't never knew this about you. I'm I'm a little bit devastated. I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm so sorry. Uh, but I'm really not though. I think that pineapple does not belong on pizza. <laughs> okay, to each his own. <laughs> and then, well, I guess if I was going to pick a third, it would be Los Angeles pizza. We're going to have pizza in there twice. And I can say that because I come from the land of amazing pizza, which is New Jersey, New York. So literally nowhere else in the United States stands a chance. Okay. You think, how do you think Chicago is going to feel about that? Okay. So I'm actually probably in the minority here, aside from people who live in Chicago, who I actually don't know if they also are a fan of Chicago pizza, but I love it. Like, I do too. A lot of bread, a lot of cheese, and a lot of tomato sauce. I don't see yeah. what the problem is. And I people are like, oh, well, it's just cheese, tomato, bread, soup. I'm like, again, you're I really not turning me off from it. Yeah. 
I mean, I definitely have had pizza all over the world. <laughs> and some of the best pizza I have has been in New York. I will say that. Yeah. And But I have had great pizza here too. In fact, when I was in Italy, I was a little disappointed. But I'm okay. not surprised because I bet that the pizza that you know, we like here has been very Americanized, like the same, you yeah. know, you're not going to go to China and get the Chinese food that we know no. here. Right. So no. yeah, that's um, very, true. very, very, true. I'm not, I'm not going to Italy with the expectation of having pizza. Although I hear Naples or Milan has good yeah. pizza. So the one I was just going to preface it by saying, except when I was in Naples, uh-huh. Naples, I had really, really good pizza. And there's nothing fancy about it. It's literally sauce, buffalo mozzarella, and the crust is like, it's all wood morning too. So it's so yummy. So, so yummy. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. You're going to have so much fun. Well, thank you so much for getting carried away with us. Before we go, tell us where we can find you. All of this information will be in the show notes. You can find out Bernadette's website, find out more about Picks the Flicks, find out more about membership if you're an entrepreneur, all the places, all the things. But for the people driving, tell us where we can find you. You can find me at my website, www.soulhousemedia.com. And that's spelled S-O-L, like the sun, house, H-A-U-S, the German way, media.com. On Instagram, you can find me at Soul House Media or at Bernadette Marciniak. And I'm also on LinkedIn, although I haven't really been doing too much there lately. I think that needs to be fixed because I know you're very active there. I know. I know. You get to it. You got photographers and entrepreneurs there. Um, I know. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed getting carried away with you and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Mm -hmm. 